Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Welcome to our many week of, I think it's week nine, I think. Wow, wow. Week of Tea Time with Alien Brianna. Um, this week we're doing something a little different. So at our 808 meeting last Thursday at Crew, we asked people to give us questions. And her and I, Ailey and I, are going to do a Q&A of these questions. Um, they're all anonymous. We don't know who answer, asked these questions. We just, some of them are silly and goofy. Some of them are deep. So we're just going to keep, keep asking these questions. Um, so the first question we have is, what's the weirdest scar that you have and how did you get it? So I have broken my nose three times. And so I have a scar that goes across the bridge of my nose. And it's really faint. You can't see it super well. Um, but it's from scuba, like scuba diving goggles. They were chucked mm -hmm. at my face in a swimming pool and just completely took out my nose. Yikes. So I'd say that's like the weirdest scar. And then also I have like, I don't know if this qualifies as a scar, but like me and another girl and crew our freshman year, we were like doing these bouncy houses things. And I like burned my leg like kind of like a carpet burn, but it's like never gone away. So oh, wow. it's just a permanent mark. Dang. From a bouncy house. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a person, this is a big downfall of me, is I don't leave my scar, like my scabs or anything alone. So I'll constantly pick and pick until it comes a scar. And my mom, like I will never be a leg model because I have so <laughs> many scars on my legs. But I think the one coolest one I have is it's on my hand. It's on my right pointer finger, like on the palm. But other no, that's called the, the the knuckle. The knuckle. Um, it looks like a little lightning bolt. And how I got it from was I was trying to pick up one of our turkeys because we, um, in high school I had or middle school I had pet turkeys. We were eating them, and I tried to pick it up, and it got me and so I think that's the coolest it just looks cool it looks like a little lightning bolt and yeah I like it okay next question I can't really read this so we'll <laughs> see if you could be any any does it say the tree oh tree any if you could be any tree in a forest of trees <laughs> what tree would you be so I don't I would choose a tree but it's not going to be in a forest I would be a palm tree because that's somewhere in the warm there can be coconuts falling from me. Like, I want to be somewhere warm. So it's not like a forest, but it's a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, I would be a maple tree. Um, Sugar. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what maple syrup comes from. And yeah. so nice and sugary and sweet. Okay. <laughs> Why are you and Ailey always together? And are you guys going to move <laughs> in together? So we're always together because why not? We like each other. Yeah, we enjoy time together. And I think low key, I'm not like, we might not live in the same house ever together, but I think wherever state we're going to be in, we're going to be somewhere close. I don't yeah. think we'll ever not be in the same town within right. 40 minutes of each other. No joke. So I've been job searching because like I've said this before on the podcast, but like, so with my jobs or like all like my career, like most of the background checks take like a year to do. So even though I'm not graduating till May, like a lot of the jobs I have to like start applying now. And no joke, I've been looking for like sending Brianna, like, is this a good location? Like, yeah, yeah. And like, I, yeah, we plan, we have a joke of going to North Carolina once we retire together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely we're always together because we're, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite Bible verse or story? I think um, we've answered this before. Like we answered the verse. verse. Yeah. Yes. But I think a story, I don't know if I have, like, I just go back and forth on the <laughs> stories, but I think one right now, like a very sentimental that's come up a lot since quarantine. I've had many times come up is Joseph, the guy with the many, the dude. color of many coats. Yeah. Color of many coats. Um, Actually, I have it up right now. Ailey gave me this book to read when I was driving, going to nationals, and it's called Keep It Shut, What to Say, How to Say It, and When to Say Nothing at All, which is very, like, applicable to me because I'm a very talkative person, and sometimes I struggle with what to, to keep it shut, like, to be honest. And they, one section, like, it talked about um, Joseph and some lessons, like, I'll just, like one lesson that he he was still like the story behind him like his brothers like traded him to slavery he then got into the 
kingdom then the, someone tried <laughs> i don't know all the details no, you're good. Keep going. and then some lady tried to seduce him he had to say no but then that made him go to the um jail prison and then from there like he was hearing having these dreams he interpreted he got out and then it was the seven years right seven years and yeah yeah we're getting a live studio audiences nodding for me in seven years and just and then his family like the way he forgave his family like he could have so retaliated and done so much to them but he was so like forgiving, forgiving and, and that's loving. so mm -hmm. and like there's other ones like that he just he was able to be so gracious with his words he had so much going kind of against him but he just i think there are so many cool lessons with him so that's just a a sentimental favorite from recently like he we, it was brought up during retreat i had a podcast that he came up just he comes up a lot and i just i enjoy it yeah i love what joseph says i don't know if it's genesis 39 or no wait there's 50 chapters in genesis right okay i don't know if it's 49 or 50 but it's at the very end of genesis when he says like you guys meant this for harm against me 40 that's in 40 50 50 oh sorry okay yeah sorry <laughs> live studio audience is helping us again so that's in chapter 50 and it's basically joseph saying like you meant all this for harm against me but god meant it oh, for good mm -hmm. so. yeah and like all the good like one of the points that she made is don't be god because he gave the credit all to god even mm -hmm. though all this stuff and I think that was, that's super cool. Yeah. Super also, cool. disclaimer, the Keep It Shut book, I did not see it, like, in a store and think, oh, Brandon needs this. No. I, I read it first. I needed it. And no. Then, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry <laughs> if that came out bad. But no, it did. I just wanted to make, I wanted to double, like, say that, clarify. But we all know that Brianna talks too much. So it's not like she's really off. <laughs> okay. But like we said before, I don't like to talk a lot, and she does. So it, that's, that's probably why we're always together, too. Yeah. See, going always going back to that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite story also contains my favorite verse, which in John chapter 13, verses 34, it says, For I give to you a new commandment, love one another just as I have loved you. Um, and that's when Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. And I just love that image because Jesus didn't come to this earth to be like a dictator. He he served us and he died on the cross for us. Um, so I just, that whole story of him washing the feet is just so powerful in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your fourth favorite reptile? Oh I don't even know. I don't like reptiles. Like, I guess I like turtles kind of, but like, I don't even know what fits into a reptile category. Snakes? Yeah. I don't like them. Wizards? What? Turtles are amphibians. Turtles are No, they are not. Studio audience are turtles amphibians? I've never considered them. Well, in my answer, they're a reptile. So I don't even know a reptile besides a snake. So um, okay, so I love turtles are my absolute favorite. Oh, lizards! Yeah. Lizards are cute. Oh, gecko the gecko, gecko the gecko. <laughs> <laughs> but I have never. I've always considered. So turtles are my favorite reptiles. Love them. So I would say sea turtles are number one. I like tortoises a lot. I want to have a tortoise when I get older. And I think like river turtles, not the ugly like snapping or mud turtles, but. And then. Oh, they are reptiles. Ha. Ha. Wikipedia is saying they're reptiles. Always trust the internet, kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, but so I would say, and then when I was a kid, I had a beard dragon. That was pretty cool. but. Yeah, I would just go down until I get different species of turtles and tortoises. Love them. Okay. So what's your favorite smoothie? Pina colada. That's a smoothie? I don't know. I think you can make anything. I want, I don't know. I just like, I'm a really big fruity person, so I'm not really opposed to anything. But I like the combination of like pineapple, coconut. Oh, so good. I feel like I should be on the island underneath <coughs> the palm tree, which I, hint, hint, back to what I would be. <laughs> All ties in. Oh, yeah. Um, does a chocolate milkshake count? <laughs> I don't like smoothies. I think they're gross. I like fruit, like, individually, but, like, why am I gonna... That's, like, baby food. I don't like oh. it. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Man. Wait, is this my turn? Yeah. Oh. What have you both felt challenged by God to do this year? Um, oh, wait, no, I think that was my question. Asked. Oh, oopsies. Because I think 
Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I felt challenged. I think every year in crew, there's a big challenge to get to know the freshmen. Um, and I think, like, us, like, upperclassmen, we take that seriously because we do think, like, okay, like, we can reach a new part of the campus. However, sometimes I do have a tendency to brush it off. Like, when I'm at meetings and stuff, I, like, want to talk to my friends that I already have and stuff. But I feel like this year especially, I've, like, God has really given us a cool freshman class mm-hmm. that we've gotten to know really well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, like, so far what I have have felt. Um. I don't know. What about you? I think for me, mine's, mine's a little deeper than yours. Well, not deep, but my, I think for me, it's a lot of it is confronting emotions in terms of I always, I know that I'm good at being like the positive kind of making always the group. And sometimes if I'm in a comfortable, uncomfortable, like someone says something to me or I don't like something, sometimes I'm afraid to, even if it's not like just an everyday, like someone just makes a comment to me, I'm afraid to confront it or like process it and it's not turn into something in terms of, and it, it overall affects me more. Um, either this is in terms of confronting like emotions or confronting situations. I'm not a confrontational person. Um, example of this, like last week I went to my coaches. I'm a big meat person. I love meat, love the aspect of competing. However, we don't have that right now. So I'm kind of struggling in terms of being excited about swim. And when I have so many other aspects of my life that I can be focusing on other than swim. And so I went to my, I was so afraid to go to my coaches and I was like being like, Oh, now I'm not going to be this like uplifting, happy person at practice. I'm someone that is doesn't necessarily want to get in the pool right now. And I had that conversation with my coaches. And I think that's just, I think confronting things for me, because I'm a person that just kind of takes it and moves forward. I don't deal with it in the moment. And I think that's something that's been really, Ailey knows this very well. This is also yeah. why we always together because she helps me a lot with this. Cause like I said before, me and Brynn are very opposite. So we bring out like all of her positives. I don't have and all of my positives. She doesn't have. Yeah. So that is what strengthens our friendship. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So I think like confronting has been a good challenge because in, in the moment, instead of just keep going forward. So our next question is who or what inspires you? And is this one, the next question is kind of, t- we're going to tie it in because over the course of your life, who has been there the most influential and why? So like, we're going to kind of tie yeah. those. So we got two questions that were basically the same. Um, I'd say my mom, I know it's kind of cliche to say that, but I, she's been the person that's been there for me the most. She, I like, I hope one day I'm as a set, like, my mom has given up so much for my family, like my brother and me, for me, us to pursue things. And she's given up things that are her passions um, to make us happy or just all these other things. And I hope like someday that I, when I'm a parent, that I'm able to be that moving and like selfless. Nonsense. Yeah. Selfish and selfish, selfless, selfless. And, <laughs> and like, yeah, there's just been so much. And I'll admit I sometimes will stir the pot when it comes with my brother and she's such a peacemaker that I, I just don't have that sometimes with me. I will definitely, as being a younger sister, stir the pot, try to make things go a little more. And yeah, there's just so many qualities. So I think my mom, she comes every my swim meets. It's great. Like, I don't know if I would have done, it's just always nice to see her in the stands. Like I just, yeah, it's so good. It's a good feeling. Um, for me, I would say my grandmother, um, just because the way that she walks and leads her family, just like with grace and just loving kindness, like my grandfather and my grandmother have like, like when I look at them, I see a solid biblical marriage and my grandmother just, yeah, she is like a really good, like biblical wife. She's a good biblical mom. Like Everything she does, she just does it with grace. And I just really admire that. Um, yeah, I think me and my grandma are kind of different. And like, like Brianna says, like, I'm way more confrontational. I'm a little more like, like, I've been called aggressive, like, many, many times. And just like seeing my grandma's patience, like that really just inspires me. Oh, this is, oh, her grandparents are so cool. Like, oh, man. Brianna, okay, story. So Brianna came over um, 
for dinner on Easter when I didn't really know Ailey at yeah, all. No, it was, I just, so yeah, you guys know how me and Brandon, met, we met through a guy in crew and basically I found out that you had nowhere to go. So I was like, okay. I just texted my grandma. I was like, can this girl come? But, and she was like, yeah. And so we get there and my grandpa, <laughs> my, my grandpa prays for the meal and, he, and he's like praying and he's like, oh yeah, thank you for our guest, Brenda. <laughs> And we all stop and we're like, Grandpa, it's Brianna. But <laughs> And there's also like, there was this butter thing that was shaped like a lamb and I thought it was white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Brianna were also seated at the kids' table that year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, this one, if you remember a couple, our second episode, Bryce, I gave him, once upon a time, I gave him a nickname called Brat. Just because, and he asked, like, what is your, why is my nickname brought? I know this is Bryce asking it. <laughs> it just goes, like, Marshall, when we, the speaker a couple weeks ago, I call him Marshmallow. Um, another guy, his name's Brett, I'll call him Brownie. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just brought, and he's like, John, he could be on the Johnsonville, like, logo. Oh, I think. he would fit so well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's that question. <laughs> So this one, okay, so this person wrote two questions. So the first one's funny, and it says, name all of your boyfriends. So that's a joke. I, for me, I think, I don't know, I always joke that my celebrity crushes are like my husband's. And so there's Hunter Hayes, number one, Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. He's, I don't like the, I like the character, but not like the real life actor because he's weird. Um, Flynn Ryder from Tangled, not real, minor details. Robert Irwin from Australia and then I have like boyfriend long lost loves and husbands and like divorcee divorcee, like just people that I use so it's all my celebrity crushes so that's how that goes about I had to make a note in my phone (laughs) to keep these like in trash because yeah and like the boyfriends are people that I like from tv shows but I don't really follow so like some of them are from Friday Night Lights so it's just a it's process But the next one is, what's your favorite theological concept? Okay. Um, can you read that? Yeah, I can read this. Anyways, um, I don't know. There's, I've always had a fascination with theology, and I think that's thanks to my youth pastor um, because he thought it was really important for the youth to get into theology um, and to know why we believe what we believe. Um, so I think it started with him, but I guess my favorite theological concept is the idea that God has all of these attributes um, and he's unlike anything else. Like you can't compare God to anyone or anything like, yes, we're all made in him, his image, but we're still not like him. Um, and I can just list the attributes. So he's infinite so that basically means that god is not subject to limitation um so yeah that kind of speaks for itself you'll find a lot of like this attribute in the psalms like especially like the famous one 119 um then god like how you can't comprehend him fully um we we can know him truly but we'll never fully understand him just because we're finite creatures and he is an infinite creature um, and yeah, that's also said in Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. Um, if you guys want to look that verse up. Um, then the next one is God is self-existent. So he doesn't rely on his creation to exist. Um, where we do, we rely on him. Um, and then going into that is also God's self-sufficiency. Once again, he doesn't rely on us for anything. Um, the next one is God's eternal. So there's no beginning and there's no end. And he he was not created himself. And you'll see, you guys can see that in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, God's imputable. So that means he's unchanging. Um, forever will be the same. Um, God's omnipresence. So he's not bound by space, yet he is everywhere at the same time. Um, so I think that's really cool. God's omnis, how do you, live studio audience, how do you say that? Omniscience. Omniscience, God's omniscience. Um, so that just is basically like God knows all things. Um, he's never learning anything. He just, he already knows it all. Um, God's omnipotence. So that means he can do all things. 
And then the last is God is sovereign. So he has the right to rule over everything. Um, he controls everything. Um, yeah. So I just, I really love that God's not like anything else. And the reason I like that is because I think us, we try to seek like our joy and love in like people or things. But like the only place you can find fullness of joy and love and forgiveness is in God. So, yeah. Wow. I love that you got had, you can pinpoint and like you gave us some good verses that we can go look at. Cause yeah, it's all in there. Right. Um, I've studied God's attributes for like a couple of years now. And once it's one of those things, like you always are learning more. Yeah. I love, I think it's just so cool that God made everything all perfectly. And he made us for a reason. Like he made us um, the way we are. I think it's so cruel and great. Like <clears throat> no two people are the same. I like Ailey has attributes, strengths that glorify him in ways that I don't. And I have what the same way. And I just think it's all, it's so cool that we were all made in the, like made in the image of God. And we were all made per, like in our, in his mind perfectly for us so like even though we do have our own downfalls and do have our weaknesses and we're broken he still loves us and he still just views us yeah it's just so good and we're all made uniquely I just think it's so we all have our strengths something that I'm really passionate about is like people's strengths um my mom and I did a lot of that this summer and it just kind of blows my mind of how and like none of that is, is not known to God none of that is not a secret nothing he knows who we are. He purposely made us. So, yeah. Okay. So next, oh, you wanna? Yeah, sure. So next question is: Why would God prohibit the experience of physical love and bonding between His creations? Why would He create someone programmed to desire sin? This is reference to homosexual love. Why? This person is so tiny. Why prohibit from the experiencing what we all strive for? So this is a tough question, um, which we welcomed that we, you know, we told people we want tough questions. I'm going to try to answer this as best as I can with the knowledge that I already have and like pulling Bible verses. But we also have a staff member here that if I go off the rails, I'm going to bring him in. Um, but I'm going to start and then we'll see what he says. Um, so basically, so pulling the question, I'm going to like, I'm not going to go in order of his questions, but. One of the questions he says, why would he create someone programmed to desire sin? I want to, that he did not do. God's creation was perfect and he, and it was good when he created it. And you can see that in Genesis 1 31. Um, so there was no evil. There was no sin in the garden. Um, so he did not program us to desire sin. Adam and Eve were given free will in the garden, and then they used that to disobey God and take a bite of that apple. And yeah, so basically what like we were not programmed to sin. We did it ourselves. That was our free will. We chose to do that selfishly. Um then kind of why would wait one second. Why would God prohibit the experience of physical love and bonding between his creations? Um, so kind of going back a little bit, the origin of sin came from man. It didn't come from God. Um, and man directed his will away from God and to his selfish desires. Um, so when you look at why would God prohibit the experience of physical love and bonding between I believe this question is in response to homosexuality. Um, so if you look at God's creation, and I'm just going to kind of be blunt right now, between man and women, they were made to fit. Yeah. Like it's biology. Right. It's made to fit. Right. Like a man and a man can't naturally fit and a woman and a woman can't naturally fit. I know I staff is probably like, what the heck are you guys talking about? But whatever. Um, so I don't know why God made man and woman to be in a marriage and not anything else um, or like not man and man. I don't know why he his original plan was man and woman. I just know that that's what he created. Um, 
yeah, he created man and woman to fit and to be able to reproduce. Like man and man and women and women cannot naturally produce. And that is just that is just a scientific fact. Um, and that's just how God created it. Um, so I'm going to read Romans 1, 26 real quick. Let me just pull it up. Unless one of our members gets there first. Okay, Romans 1.26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Um, and with that, so the Bible says that um, homosexuality is, is wrong and goes against creation um, and goes against nature ultimately. But then I also want to point out that there's other types of sexual immorality that the Bible also condemns. And that is sex outside of marriage. That is um, <clears throat> Christians with non-Christians, like marrying each other. Um, that is like adultery. So like cheating on your spouse, that's sexually immoral. Um, so all of those things are wrong just because God had a plan for marriage. And you can find that in Ephesians chapter five, where it talks about the man and the wife together or the husband and the wife and their roles together and why they work. Um, and ultimately, like I said, I don't know why God created it that way. I don't know why, why the sky is blue. I don't know why any of that happened. I just know that that's how it was made. Um, and ultimately too, <clears throat> With all of this, we just kind of have to trust that God, God is ultimately our source of love. And when you look at marriage and you look at homosexuality, um, like, okay, going back, when you look at marriage, marriage is supposed to signify a man and a woman coming together. And the man is supposed to be sign like representing Christ, loving the church. And the church is supposed to be the woman um, who submits to Jesus. And so that's what earthly marriages represent. And that is a foreshadowing of what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. When Jesus comes back, he is going to be Jesus. He's going to be the groom and we're going to be the church. Um, so that's why marriage is supposed to reflect our relationship with Jesus. Um, yeah. Staff, do you, staff, what do you want me to say next? <laughs> Um, so right now we're Matt plant is on staff at NMU crew and he studied this way more extensively than I have. Um, I just gave my best shot. So Matt's going to come over here and, and try to talk as well. Yeah. I'm going to grab a chair and just kind of, uh, yeah, hopefully I can shed a little light into this. Um, did I do horrible? No, no. no. <laughs> I'll just help connect some of the dots. Um, yeah, I was very scattered. <laughs> So let me, sorry, I'm rereading the question real quick. And like, okay, this is something where marriage is meant to be a beautiful thing. Like it's supposed to be um, coming together and be God honoring. And I think when it says, read, of like, what, why doesn't God let us um, experience what we're made for? And I think that kind of goes, you can it's like a fruit of the spirit is self-control and it's terms of that we are going to we are meant to wait until we are in marriage for that and um although people like it is a struggle and it is a, a hard thing that people go through and we all go through wanting more but it is it ultimately like it's in made for perfection when like god made it for that reason in marriage I don't know. I kind of was a ramble there too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'm reading over this just so I'm sure on things. But yeah, I just want to preface this with like this is a very uh, loaded question with a lot of baggage and a lot of hurt. 
that comes from people who deal with this. And so I guess the first thing I want to say is um, somebody who says these things has probably uh, heard of somebody who's had a lot of hurt from people who have been, um, I don't know, like outcasted um, and probably said some very hurtful things too. Um, so I just want to preface that side of things for those of you who are listening that know people like this. Um, it can be really hard to see the reality of uh, pain on your friends. Um, so before um, I get into like some of the more specifics, um, Ailey, you said a lot of this where like God kind of created, put, made creation in a certain way. And so he made it to work within his um, design. And so this isn't just in, when you talk about homosexuality, this is in other ways. Like we experience death, we experience depression, anxiety, hurtful feel, hurt feelings, um, all of these things. These are byproducts of sin. Our world isn't uh, sin, bad things, our rebellion against God. So it's not, um, yeah, so it's not just like one specific thing, but we can see it throughout our world. Um, the fact that somebody would uh, like tear somebody down like horribly to the point where they want to commit suicide, you know, that's horrible. Um, so we can just see this throughout our world. So as we uh, speak on it on this one topic, I just want to keep in mind like a bigger context, like it's more than just this one area. Um, and so if we go like specifically more on um, the idea of what is healthy sexuality, um, you look at the creation of men and women. Um, and the original idea of marriage that was created before um, Adam and Eve sinned and brought this death and destruction and bad things into the world. Um, and so when you take a look at the original verbiage used, there's a strong distinction or a strong correlation in marriage to between a man and a woman. So it, to me, this has always been an issue more about of God's way is better than what we experience. Um, and so that's really kind of the stage I want to set is that we're all broken. We're all fallen but God has things this way. Um, and so when you ask the question, would God prohibit the experience of physical, or why would God prohibit the experience of physical love and bonding uh, between his creations? I would say he doesn't prohibit it. He just gives guidelines to use it correctly. Um, so like Ailey said some of this as well, like we don't just condemn or say homosexuality is wrong. We would say people who practice sex outside of marriage would be wrong. People who lust after somebody is wrong. And so I want to bring it. It's just not this one thing. It's several things. And so like me as a person, um, just because I feel like this is such a touchy subject, I just want to be uh, very real in this is like even in my own life. Um, you know, pornography had been a thing. And so like I would want you to condemn that as well. Um, so I want to drag my hat into, the, you know, drag me into this. Like I'm in need of a savior. Um, so just trying to keep us all kind of on the same level as we talk about this, not to raise one person up over the other, but just, yeah, keep us all, we're all broken. Um, and so, yeah, why would he create someone programmed to desire sin? Um, so the way you could look at it is God designed us in a certain way for a certain uh, purposes and everything. And for those of you who know like computer programming, this may be you know, <laughs> something a little more advanced, but um, we'll say maybe we got a hold of the source code and said, oh, we're gonna try and do our own thing. And so it created this bug in the system. So it just doesn't work right. It goes wrong and awry and we see things happen that shouldn't happen. And so, that's what I would say is we have somebody who experiences like same-sex attraction 
um, we would say that there's kind of this bug in the system. This isn't the way that it was supposed to be. Um, and so that doesn't make anything, any actions appropriate, just like we, um, you know, we're designed to feel emotions, but our emotions lead us awry. You know, our emotions do <laughs> can do bad things. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I would say that we experience things that we shouldn't. Um, and that God wants us to be realigned with his um, original intent for creation to work. Um, yeah, experiencing what we'll strive for. So, yeah, I would just say, um, as we hold God's standard, you know, we want to hold it in front of everybody. Um, so there's a lot more that you can go into and you can talk with. Um, but yeah, so this is, but I would also use this as a call for like us, like us Christians to share Christ's love, to not dilute the standard of God, but to share the grace that we have all been given. Now we all fall short in our own ways. I can be prideful. I can hurt other people. Um, but just a call to say, God saves me too, because I'm in just as need of, of saving as somebody else. Um, so I know that's a lot. This is probably way more than you uh, were hoping for on the subject. You might have wanted a simpler answer. Um, but I think especially with the way people have handled this topic in the past, it's better to um, just give a little more fuller context. So I'll go ahead and step back. Okay. All right. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> this one's funny. Okay, so what childhood story do you have that best defines you and your core personality? So I actually asked my parents about this because I was like, oh, you guys know about my childhood. And this was my mom's response. Oh, remember when you were a baby, you would put my underwear on like, um, like overalls. And I was like, okay, how's that go? With my, does that mean that I'm weird with my core, <laughs> core personality? And she didn't deny it. And so, and then another time my dad, I asked my dad also, and he's like, what about that time when you, there was a goldfish on the ground on the pool deck and you fed it to your teammate? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think she would actually eat it. I was like, okay, does that go with my core personality that I am gross? <laughs> so I, that, I try to get my parents involved in this and they said no, but I think I've always grown up around animals. Um had animals my whole life and I think that's something that is really true to me maybe not core personality but like I just that's something that's always been a passion of mine whether it's like watching animal planet owning animals going somewhere always just being I'm always comfortable for most of I don't like crocodiles or alligators or mosquitoes but like I don't get scared with snakes or like spiders and comfortable with the whole process of like the circle of life. Like, I don't know. It's just something that is really truly, if anyone knows me personally, they know I always talk, I'm a cat mom. That's honestly just truthfully how it is. So yeah, that's something that, yeah, my parents decided I asked them that was their input. <laughs> so for me, I am incredibly neurotic. Um, it, neurotic means that basically you're, like full of anxiety and fear and like you're always paranoid and that like started as when I was a very young child like I remember I don't know if anyone was home or public schooled but like when you would have like Christmas pageants and like spring concerts where you would sing and stuff um, I like as an elementary schooler like kindergartner I would like make myself sick because I was so like freaked out by them and it wasn't like either like you know how all little kids are like I don't want to do it like I didn't just throw a fit like I was like physically sick all the time and so my parents growing up would constantly call me neurotic and yeah so and I had a counselor once tell me that I was neurotic too and that that was like my core personality trait was that I was like full of anxiety so oh yours is actually probably more accurate to the question than mine was <laughs> no I just so I don't think I have like one story I just remember growing up as a child like yeah, just constantly having anxiety. And so like that has followed me into adulthood, unfortunately. And so that was probably way deeper than they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, next one. 
Um, I have had a hard time overlooking the natural cruelty of the world, the design of eat or be eaten. Do you have any ways to overcome this sort of thought process to align with a God who is all good? So with this, um, once again, so it sounds, so I have a hard time overlooking the natural cruelty of the world. Um, and then you kind of at the end said like, how do you tie this in with a God who is all good? That is right. God is all good and God is perfect and holy, um, and loving and compassionate yet because of our sins and our, our free will to do sin, um, that is where the natural cruelty of the world comes in. That's why we have children being abused. That's why we have elders, you know, are we're not treating our elderly properly. That's why we have tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes. It's because our earth is in decay. That's why we have corrupt politicians. That's why every single part of this world is so filled with corruption and sin. And that was man's doing. It wasn't God's doing. It was man's doing. Um, so, yeah. And I think you just, if you're struggling with the mindset of that, I think you almost switching your mindset and looking for the good and looking for the good and reminding yourself over and over again of how good God is, like how much he loves us in terms of, oh, sorry, go on. No, go, no Oh, just on. saying like, like if something's not to end, yeah, I'm not kind of being like, oh, all this, all this stuff, yeah, our stuff is, our world is falling apart. But um, just in your daily life, just remembering like how much grace and how much love God has for us. Um, and that's kind of me doing my positive, try to do my positive spin on things. And also remember the fact that God has promised to come back. God has promised to destroy sin. God has promised to raise us up. God has promised to judge fairly. So if you put your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will be forgiven and you will be in heaven with him forever. Um, so yeah, I guess just the point is that there is cruelty in the world. One, it's it's man's fault. It's not God's fault. God's creation was made perfect at the beginning, but then we did our own thing. And two, God is coming back and all things will be made right again. Bam. Um. <laughs> What is your biggest takeaway from retreat, fall retreat? Um, that question was asked before last podcast was up and we answered these questions. So take a look back to last week where we had Karsta Kidda on it and K-Dog. K-Dog on it. And we will let you, you can find that question out for yourself. Okay. Bruno, what is your weirdest cherry on top? So backstory. We'll do a quick overview. So us girls like to dream about our dream boy and we this is like what near perfect mind only remember only god knows what you need but in our mind we have things that we want and so we holly glover one of our friends has this thing called guy pie where your crust is your foundation like that's the true like make or break points almost like the values that you need in a guy um the filling non the non-negotiable the is non-negotiable like he doesn't have this. He's not right at all. Yeah. And like the filling is she described also as like personality traits, like qualities about them that you like, like, oh, if they're funny, like those types of things. Um, top um, toppings is like the nice things like, per, like I think looks goes into that or yeah. like and this isn't like nowhere near like you should not base your whole life. I think of the crust you can base your life on and the, you, you mean the guy that you want? Yes, and you're the guy you want, and the, cher the cherry on top is fun. And the cherry on top is like that sweet little thing that you just – it would just be a selling point, like a selling point, like home run, like, wow. Right, like the guy. the guy does not need it at all, but Zero it would be nice if you yeah. had it. So I've only said one, and if they're, they're scuba certified because I just – I love the ocean. I love my dream is to go cage diving. Like on our honeymoon, I hope to go cage diving. So either I go swimming with sharks, either I throw them in, or they're certified with me. So that's always been my cherry on top. <laughs> Mine is so I'm a criminal justice major, and I don't want to be a police officer, but I do love them so much. So I would love my husband to either be like a police officer or like 
serving in the military or a firefighter or something like that. That would be my cherry on top. Um, where would be specifically police officer though? <laughs> where would be a good spot for it to start for a newbie to read the Bible? Um, gospels. Yep. The gospels. I would specifically say Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty short and sweet, but it gets to the point. Um, yeah, any of the gospels will be great. Um, but I specifically think Mark is pretty yeah. straightforward and pretty easy to understand for anyone. Yeah. Um, tell us your favorite mm-hmm. childhood memory. Um, I always go back. I, this question comes up a lot. I swear any like meet or great thing. And I always change my answer. However, cause there's just so many, but I think one of them would be when I was a kid. Um, I used to do a lot with road. My mom did rodeo all through her high school. That was their family thing. Um, when I was, there's a picture of me when I was maybe one years old on a horse. Um, and something that my mom from a very young age until the one horse that we had that I was comfortable with passed away is her and I would go on trail rides. Um, that's something that always stood out. And like, I, one of my regrets I think in life is stop riding horses and stop going, um, doing what I was doing. Cause, uh, I just got too busy and I cut it out. Um, but yeah, that was one of, that's one of my, like, I'd say top five favorite childhood memories. Yeah, I have two. I can't pick between one. So the first one would be snowmobiling with my dad. Um, that was just so much fun. And I'm like a huge girly girl. And I was when I was little and I still am today. But like, that was like my one like tomboy thing that I did. <laughs> See, another difference between I'm more the tomboy and Ailey's the girly girl. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's like another balance that we have. Yeah. And then the second one would be, um, I did competitive dance. And so competing was super, super fun for me. Okay. Uh, next question. If you could be one animal for the rest of your life, what would it be? And then they, since this is tea time with Brandon and Ailey, they want to ask, would we still be able to drink tea as this animal? I don't think so. I've never heard of any animal drinking tea. Um, see, I would be a hummingbird. Oh, so I think they could drink tea. Oh, I could see that because yeah. like, you just drink sugar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Man, I, my first choice, it's something in the ocean. I think I would be a turtle. I don't know which turtle type because they're just so peaceful. They just swim around. But they also get eaten by sharks. And I love sharks. Like, sharks is one of my favorite animals. And I don't know. So maybe, like, uh, but I always go back and forth on what breed of shark I like. So I just think either a shark so I can be feared and all that. Because I'm I'm naturally not a, no, I try to convince people, but no one's scared of me. I really try to convince them. So maybe actually. (laughs) But sometimes just being a little intimidating would be a little nice. But. I try to convince my coaches all the time. So yeah, I love turtles, but I don't want to be eaten and I want to be feared. So I guess a shark, what type of shark? Don't know yet. Ask me every day. It will change, especially when shark week happens. Favorite week on television. (laughs) So we, this last question we have is coming all the way from Wisconsin. I have a friend there, a very, very close friend of mine. And I asked him if he had a question for us and it said, it's, what is a time in your life that when you look back on it, you can see that God was at work? Ooh, that's a tough question. I mean, it's not tough, but it's so loaded. Um, I think probably the most recent time was last fall. Last fall, I had a really difficult fall just because I had this, like, it was like a two-year-long friendship with this guy, but, like, there was no, like, emotional boundaries. So I think I got really emotionally attached. Um. Yeah, we were like talk on the phone for like like an hour a day. Um, we were always together. Like we would constantly get comments as like like are you guys dating or whatnot? And I think like yeah, I think that was really like I just got really attached. And then last fall we began the process of like kind of like realizing that that was unhealthy and that we should kind of put some boundaries up. But all that did was literally like once a week we would have this big blowout fight where like I would cry or like I think sometimes he would cry. Like it was just always terrible. And I remember at the time thinking like, why am I going through this? Like I'm not like I remember saying to God, like I'm not getting anything out of this. All I'm doing is crying. But looking back, I learned so much about guys. I learned so much about friendships. I learned about how healthy friendships with guys should be. 
I've learned so much about myself. I've learned about patience. So I've just learned like so much through that. But like at the time I couldn't see, but now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you God for like bringing me through that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, so I thought of this question and like, this is my answer is kind of a very, very broad thing. And one time I heard a quote saying, and it's, this is like a, not the direct quote, but it said, God, um, our gift to, no, God's gift to us. God always gives us gifts and our gift back to God is how we use that gift to glorify. And some, it's something like that. But I think I'm, I like to say that, oh, people are like, oh, you're athletic. I'm only good at swim. Like me on land is so uncoordinated. And there's a reason why God gave me swimming. Like that gave me that gift, gave me that um, mindset. And through, I think through swim, I have learned so much. And it wasn't for like about patience, about like enduring something, about um, just how to process so many things. And I think like, I don't think that was a mistake that I was born to be, like I was a swimmer. Cause yeah, if anyone's, I broke glasses playing basketball. I'm not the most athletic person out there, but to swim, it like, it kind of clicked with me and it, no one really knows how, like, I'm just always been comfortable in the water. And I don't think that was a mistake. And I just learned, like God knew from the get go that I was going to be a competitive swimmer. Um, and I just think, yeah, through that gift, like I've just learned so much. And I did And for me, it's just when I was younger, I'd be like, Oh, this is just something I'm good at. Like, I can take these lessons and everyone's always saying like, Oh, this is what swimming has taught me. But I think God used swimming to teach me these opportunities instead of just being oh, swims this only thing. I think it was a bit, it's a bigger picture in my, and for personally for me. So this is another way that me and Brianna are very different because going back to my neurotic personality and like how I'm super paranoid when I was a young child, water, like <laughs> I, once again, I would make myself physically sick every time I thought about like, swimming and Brianna is just so natural and then I like yeah. legitimately flip out so this is just a small story so my mom would always say I used to give her we would go to the YMCA and in the deep end there was times that my mom said I when I couldn't even swim didn't even do any swim lessons I would just jump in and like I'm a short person as a child I was even shorter um really like, no I was even like now I'm like average short but before I was like short short and um there was a time where to get start swim lessons you have to touch the bottom of the pool and it was taking forever for me to get there and as soon as my tippy tippy toes touched they put me through swim lessons and i like i'm so comfortable with the ocean um there's just so many things that i just i love it like it's it's even though i like i should be more fearing i think honestly i should but there's i'm not i guess it might be a good or bad thing i don't know but um yeah, my mom literally has said stories of how I just plunged right off. Like, I just plopped right in. <laughs> right, and then I would bawl my eyes out at the pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for sticking through to with this podcast. Um, like I said, this is just a – we wanted to switch things up for you guys, and we hope you enjoyed. I hope you got learned us a little bit better and also um, really took to heart what the deeper and um, – other questions that we have said. So yeah. Yeah. Bye guys. Toodaloo.